Hi, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, uh, Texas, on Monday, September the 18th. And welcome to our commentary. Welcome to our weekly chat with our friend uh, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. Bill, welcome. It's always great to have you. Pleasure to be with you, Silvio. It's a pleasure to be anywhere right now. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, uh, you know, we were saying just before we went on the air, we're in the midst of a presidential election campaign, the likes of which I've never seen. And and I, I don't think anybody ever imagined it. Uh, I think people are even thinking of constitutional amendments to make sure this kind of thing doesn't happen again. Yeah. But uh, this is this is one for the record books. And I don't know if it's going to turn out well. No, I don't either, because I think there, um, as I've mentioned before, we've crossed some very delicate lines here, lines that had never been crossed before, you know, going after the candidate of another party going after a former president, whether you love or hate Trump. Uh, I, I think it's important not to, in other words, I think it's important to love the country more than the politicians you hate. Yes. And, right. and I, and I'm just a little concerned that we may be uh, walking into a cave, not knowing exactly what's inside the cave. You know, it, it's uh, there's always surprises when you walk into territory, you don't know. And, yes, And this is where we are. Here's a quick historical note, Bill. I just wanted to mention this. I always wanted to be in the Air Force. I, I, I didn't get drafted. I missed the number when, when there were numbers back then. But if I had if I had been drafted, I wish I would have gone to the Air Force. I've always loved the Air Force. And the Air Force is 76 today, which I, you know, we say happy birthday, of course. But I never, you know, until the, a few minutes ago, I never realized that the Air, Air Force was not formally formed until after the war, after World War II. And you were telling me before we got on the air that that's because during World War II, it was under the U.S. Army, right, Bill? That's correct. It was called the U.S. Army Air Force. And uh, uh, in fact, I had neighbors growing up, who, one of whom was a tail gunner on a B-17 and was part of the U.S. Army Air Force. It was only until uh, the date you indicated that it became a separate service. And uh, has played, I think, a very important role um, and, and a good role. Uh, whether or not it will, it will continue to have the glamour in the future that it has now, I don't know, because now we have the U.S. Space Force. People don't realize we have a new service with its own flag and its own commander. Uh, and they are, they are going to take over the space activities. And I ho certainly hope that when they do, that they realize that their mission is to fly in space, right. not, not Muslim outreach. Or right. whatever it was during the the Obama administration, right? Uh, uh, U.S. Air Force. Yeah, has... the, the the mission of the space program is to secure space for American interests. That's not right. To not to have diversity with whatever we find uh, wherever <laughs> we go. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Now it's interesting that uh, that this being the anniversary of the Air Force, that the Air Force released uh, late pictures of the B twenty one bomber, which will be the bomber that will take us into the future. We hope we never have to use it, of course, but as a part of a deterrent force, uh, it looks good to me. I hope it is good, and uh, we'll 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 see what happens. Uh, you know, I was thinking before, Sylvia, that with all the attention we are paying to uh, uh, Hunter Biden and to Joe Biden's obvious infirmity and to Donald Trump's uh, legal problems, we sometimes forget about military and foreign policy. And those are the things that can kill you. They, can, they right. really can. Very concerned about this, this country's 
place in the world. It seems to me that countries are out doing things that ordinarily they would check with the United States about. And I think we may be losing our grip and that would be the result of flashing weakness. Right. It's amazing because you look around the world and you see countries coming together, forming their own economic groups, operating with currencies that are not U.S. dollar based. I never thought I would see that, really. I never thought I would see that, but it is happening. Now, whether that works out as well for the countries as they think it will, time will tell. But I think anytime people are talking about walking away from the U.S. dollar, they're sort of like slapping us in the face, Bill. I mean, that's oh, how oh, I take abs- it. Absolutely. Look, we're the big guy on the block. The big guy on the block, no matter who it is, is always going to be resented to some degree. And I think that the the answer to that resentment is to be, first of all, a good ally to, the, to our friends, uh, a strong foe to our enemies, and to, know, and, to, to, and to always assure our friends that we're not going to abandon them and that we're going to treat them fairly if they treat us fairly. I don't think anyone can ask for anything more. Look, the, even in World War II, we forget that American forces in foreign countries were resented and, and, and some of our military people were sensitive to that. Others were not, but I remember, I'm trying to remember now what the, the slogan is, the saying in Britain is about American soldiers, um, overfed, oversexed and over here. And th- there was, there was of course resentment. And if the Brit and during the world war two, if you read the British press, it was the British who saved every day. I mean, and, and, and who saved the war. Uh, yeah. uh, so, you know, a, reserve, a certain amount of resentment we can take. We, we have to train our people to be courteous, obviously, when they're in another country for an official purpose. But the worse than being resented is being despised. And, right. that is, and that will come through weakness and through betrayal. Not being respected. That, that's exactly. exactly right. Um, reminds me of a little story, just to, to get off on that for just a second, uh, of the U.S., I guess, air, air pilot, B-17 pilot, who dropped a bunch of bombs in a city, in, in a European city back in, during World War II, and they shot him down. And he thought he was going to be greeted by all these people ready to, you know, greet him and say thank you for liberating us. And he ran into the opposite because the people on the ground were angry that he was killing them with their bombs, even though he was dropping bombs in the name of the Allies. That's but I mean, true. If, if you're bombing your city and they're killing your people and destroying your home, you know, your reaction is probably not going to be one of, E.G., thanks for bombing our city. So uh, I just remember true. the story you mentioned about uh, the U.S. troops. One quick note, Bill, before we move on. Just wanted to let you know that like the U.S. Senate, we may uh, create a dress code. Ah. Or for the podcast, and it won't affect you, of course, but yeah. I, I'm, I'm considering what to wear. And since this is Frankie Avalon's 83rd birthday, I'm thinking maybe I'll sing Venus or Venus yes. the next time I, I do this. But is that silly for the U.S. Senate to drop a dress code? I think it is. Well, I mean, they, they look good in their suits. Why would they yes. change that? Well, apparently, this was done perhaps for uh, Senator Fetterman of uh, Pennsylvania who likes to wear jeans and a sweatshirt and i i I don't know maybe they feel it's it's more human but senator schumer uh, who announced it because he's the majority leader but he also said he will continue to wear a suit 
and I and I hope they continue to wear suits and nice dresses and show respect for each other by doing right. so. That's right. Somehow a guy with uh, gym shorts and a hoodie talking about sending our kids to war somehow just doesn't, I don't know, doesn't project a lot of confidence, Bill. No, it doesn't. And this is, again, a question of public image. Uh, our image right now in the world is not very good. Uh, aside from the fact that many of the people we thought would be ambassadors for the United States, you know, foreign students who come here and will go back and sing our praises. Well, in the last three or four years, they've come here and see us burn our cities and, and having statues of our uh, greatest people torn down. I'm not so sure they're that enthusiastic anymore. And uh, as far as the appearance of Americans or, or the appearance of what we do, we simply have to be better. We, we yes. have to do better in every area. I think that uh, other countries, you made the point, a very good point, about economic alliances being formed around the world that do not include us. Uh, countries like India, which, will, which is now the world's most populous country and a democracy and a thriving democracy, I think their dream is someday that they will be the leading power in the world. And we are being challenged not only by enemies, but by friends. Right. That's the problem. These are supposed to be allies. Now, in the case of India, I'm not sure what size economy they have. I know in terms of population, they're huge. But I hope Brazil is the eighth largest economy in the world. Yes. So when Brazil is part of the conversation, you're talking about a big economy. I'm, I'm not sure if India is in the top 10 as far as GDP, but it's you know a pretty big country to say the least. But other countries are joining in. And it seems like what they have in common, not, not India so much, but what they have in common, whether it's Brazil and some of the others, is that they have a left, left of center leader like Brazil. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that worries me a little bit because I, again, I, I know that it sounds political, but I, I cannot see them doing this to Trump. I, I think that if, and especially Brazil, if Brazil had done this under the Trump presidency, I think Trump would have picked up the phone and called the president of Brazil and said, uh, Lula, that's his name, Lula, uh, we're going to have a problem, a serious problem with what you're doing. And I think Lula would have taken Trump extremely seriously. Bill. Yes. Well, nobody takes Biden seriously. And this is probably the, the, the biggest discussion in America today and the most critical is about his health condition. It's not a, this is not a sub uh, a sub a subject. It's not, it's not a minor subject. It's not something you discuss, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, because you, you have nothing else to talk about. We have a nation of 333 million people. And you look at Joe Biden and you say, is this the best we can right. do? Right. Uh, there should be while there may, while we may not be able to establish a definite code for a president's physical condition, we certainly should have a president whose physical condition does not right. flash weakness and confusion, because that's dangerous. That can start a war. And, that's right. I, we and he's flashing that, that. He's flashing, oh. and it's it's really not so much about his the age or the number. Because I have seen 80-year-olds as sharp as a nail, you know? Yes. So I don't think that's the, the, the factor so much. I mean, I, I think that the factor here is that he doesn't look good. And if he doesn't look good now, I was watching Carl Rove yesterday on one of the Sunday shows. And Carl Rove said he's not going to get better. 
And, you know, I, I when he said that, I looked at my wife and I said, you know what? I remember my grandmother. Uh, that was exactly what happened to her. Yes. She started she started getting to a point where my grandmother was actually inventing stories, uh, saying stuff like where she had been and or she had not been or what she had done, much the same way that Joe Biden is doing it. And I we, we would all laugh about it in the family because we knew she wasn't lying. She just didn't know what she was saying, Bill. That's right. And, and as Carl Rove pointed out and you pointed out, this doesn't get better. It gets worse. And you're also correct in saying they should stop talking about his age. It's not his age. You, you made the point. I, I was watching Senator Grassley this morning, uh, who was 90 years old, who's as sharp as a tack. And there are people in their 70s who begin to lose it. Uh, it, is, it is the condition that we see. And we don't need a note from the doctor to tell us that this man is deteriorating right. and we need a sharp mind in the White House and a mind that other countries can depend on if they have an emergency and pick up a phone. And we don't have that. And it is a disgrace. This shouldn't even be a close call. He right. should withdraw from the race. Um, you know, the, the Democratic Party apparently does not have any intention of sending the usual committee to tell him, Joe, it's time to go. And one of the reasons is they can't tell him it's time to go because the the alternative until the next election is equally unacceptable. And that's the vice president of the United States who has built up in three years absolutely no confidence in the American people. Yeah, isn't that amazing? Absolutely amazing. Yeah, that Because she has not grown in the job one bit. In fact, some would argue she's gone back. But it's just remarkable to me. I... Everything that's happened with this administration, Bill, is, is you know, I didn't vote for them. But what I'm saying is the direction they've taken, I, it's been a shock to me. The, the whole argument for Joe Biden was that Joe Biden was going to be like Alka-Seltzer. He was going to calm everybody down. You know? That's right. Yeah. You know, you have an upset stomach. Okay, take an Alka-Seltzer or whatever, and he's going to calm down the country and it's the exact opposite, you know, as we'll talk about in a few minutes, issues that are worse off now than ever before. I mean, gasoline prices, let's jump to that. They're going back up. Exactly. Exactly. And and, and what is this government doing? They're talking about cutting back uh, oil and gas leases in Alaska, just at the time when we should be pumping everything we have to bring down that price bill. That, exactly. And, and even Democrats now, some Democrats, are beginning to to go in that direction and say we have got to we have got to become what we were when Donald Trump left office energy independent but they are facing a just a, a stalwart group of rigid socialists in the Democratic Party who don't care they don't care if we're fourth or fifth in the world to to them that might be good because they're not terribly proud of this country and and they w just will not allow it to be done. It will take a change of administration. Now, as far as the vice president is concerned, I mean, God forbid she should become president. Could she become president? Yes, uh, under the law. I would imagine that it would be her husband who would really be running things. He's a Hollywood lawyer. So we would have the State of the Union address sponsored by Chevrolet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, we've seen stranger things. Yes. So, uh, but yes, and 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 she, she has not done anything. She was given the opportunity to take over one of the most important issues in the country, the border. She could have, she should have jumped into that one and just 
persuaded the country that she was ready. She's not. When she gives speeches, she sounds like nobody understands what she's saying. So it's really scary. I, I think it is scary that we're being run. She could become president given the president's health condition. Yes. Uh, and that's and that's a concern to um, a lot of people. You talk, uh, Bill, about how crazy the Democrat Party is. And a good example of this is up in Michigan, where the there are some Muslim communities who've taken over city councils. I guess that happens when you are the majority population. And, you know, the Democrats were really grateful, saying what great diversity we have. You know, we have these Muslims now running their own city. But then the Muslims decided that they didn't like what they were teaching at the school board and have shut down all these books and all these messages. And now some of these Democrats are saying that these Muslims are ungrateful because we we did so much for them, you know, when they came here as immigrants. Well, look, you know, that's great. They did something for them. But I mean, is anybody surprised that Muslims have very strong values when it comes to family and marriage and stuff like that. I knew that, and, and I don't even live in Michigan, Bill. Uh, they're not supposed to have them. Uh, under the, the current regime, uh, you are supposed to have the values of the U.S. government, and that will be handed down to you by the Democratic Party. But they are, yes, they're, they have been shocked several times this year. They found that, for example, Hispanics can think for themselves and even speak in, and even think in English. They never thought that would happen. And they found that uh, that uh, Asians uh, think for themselves. And now young black men think for themselves and realize that they've been scammed too many times, that the people who claim to represent them don't represent them at all. And yes, the Democratic Party is is panicking. But to, the, to what degree? I don't know. You know, a lot of this is part of like a control experiment. A lot of how they react will depend on uh, uh, Donald Trump's standing in the polls. That's all they care about. They they just want to win. Uh, we'll get we'll get through the election. Uh, maybe maybe Biden will withdraw after he takes the oath. Uh, you know the next time, and and Kamala will be uh, a president. But that's all they care about is winning. I the the party is it's it's less a political party today than a business. It's a kind of run like a business. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, has said he's being shut out. He wants to run in an open primary against Biden, and they won't let him. They 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 just have f- figured out ways to keep him out. That is exactly the opposite of what the Democratic Party promised to the country uh, with the McGovern rules in the early 1970s, that it would be an open party and open to all. They found out it isn't. It's very much a closed party. And then, of course, you have these kind of secret participants uh, who really is running, for example, the foreign policy of the United States? Well, the speculation in, in Washington is that it's the Obama people because the policies seem very close to Obama. We may see a little bit more of that this week when the U.N. meets in New York and Joe Biden is going to have to deliver a speech. Well, it's delivered on a prom- teleprompter, so I hope things go well, but he'll, he's going to meet foreign leaders. And if things don't go well, it's going to be before the world. I yeah. mean, if he... If he Right, not scary because he's that speech is usually about fifteen or twenty minutes. Yes, and there's no audience participation. You're not supposed to applaud during the speech. That's right. So it's not like at least when you're delivering the State of the Union, you get a break every so often yes. from the speech. But in this case, it's delivered straight. And you're right. I mean, it, this this could be a nightmare for. 
for the White House. I mean, he may tell us that uh, he was he was actually one of the founders of the UN bill. That, well, yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> he might say that he was there in 1949 or whenever it was that they were he, founded. He, that he, he was sitting on that chair right there when when it was founded. Bill, he founded uh, the UN right after he founded the U.S. Air Force, and and flew its first fighter plane with with, with Orville Wright. <laughs> no, I, but that's you know it sounds crazy, but he's capable of doing he, that. Yes, he does it all the time. Yeah, he does it all the time. I can just see him, you know, t- praising the UN and talking about what a great organization it's been, and how he was there and he told uh, President Truman that uh, he should sign that UN treaty because uh, it's all going to work out great. And that's he's capable of doing that. I know it sounds crazy, but he's look look what he did in. In other places, he was a uh, he was in New York on the twelfth of September. Bill, that's amazing. That's nobody right. remembers yeah. that, but he was he was there. But uh, now, of course, the UN is in uh, is in New York this week, which means that uh, you are going to have a lot of visitors. And I know it's always a difficult time for New Yorkers when all these people come in. I've always had the impression, Bill, that this UN meeting. I, I understand why they have it, and it, it does have a value. But I understand, at least my sense is that this is a great opportunity for the spouses or the wives of all of these representatives from countries around the world, very small countries. They get to go to New York for a week and go shopping. That's exactly or, right. Yeah. That's, <laughs> and they get and to create a traffic problem, I guess. They, they, they create a traffic problem. They have uh, good steak dinners. They go shopping. They all bring their coupons with them. You know, they cut out from the local paper. And and nothing ever happens. I mean, it's the U.N. General Assembly. I, I frankly wish the U.N. would leave New York. I think it's an embarrassment. But I, I, I guess they, they have uh, a building that was given to them by the Rockefellers, uh, which itself is suspicious. Uh, but it's, it's, it, the, the U.N. General Assembly meets once a year, uh, except for uh, other special sessions. And they, all the world leaders that want to get to make a speech. So we'll hear what the speeches are. Right. Well, I tell you one person who probably wishes that the UN would leave New York City, and that's the the police chief. Yes. Because he right now, I don't. I'm not sure if it's a he or she right now, because I think the lady <laughs> left. Right. There's yes. A, it's, a, it's a he. It's a he now, and I bet he's already understaffed. So Very now, much so. now he's got to to deal with all these parking people parking in all these different places that he cannot remove because they have diplomatic license plates. So I mean, what a mess on top of the migrants. Uh, anything new on the on the migrant situation? From what we see, Bill, on the news, aside from attacking Governor Abbott, what we see is that the school districts are the ones who are re- really opposing it, Bill. Well, the the situation in New York generally is poor because uh, it, it is not only the migrant situation; it is the cost of living and the cost of tourism. Uh, you know, tourists uh, make up a great part of the New York City economy when they come. But when they don't come, they don't make up any part of the New York City economy. Prices are extremely high in New York. Prices for New York attractions like the, like the Broadway theater are impossible. And it just isn't that attractive a city anymore. It, it is not the great New York that people knew. You know, you, you tell people to come to New York, visit us in New York, but don't go out at night. You know, don't go out at night. That people love to stroll at night when they're on a trip or you know, on a on a vacation. But 
on especially the New York. I mean, yes. Central Park or yes. you know, I mean, New York was the place you would do that. I mean, exactly. there's there's such a charm about New York going uh at Christmas time. I know it, I never went there at Christmas time, but that was one of the things I always wanted to do, go to New York at Christmas time and walk the streets and see all the lights. Oh, it's wonderful. It, yeah. it, it was, I don't know how it will be this year, but it was wonderful. You 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 saw the uh the Christmas tree in Rockefeller Center, which it was always beautiful and the department stores would have special displays. I don't know if they'll have them this year. I many of the stores were afraid to do anything because they're afraid they're going to be broken into. I mean, you go into into major stores in New York now and the merchandise is locked down. You have to call somebody to get it for you. This is not the way a great city should be, and yeah. I don't. I don't know if there's a way back. I really don't. Well, it, it's going to be very difficult because it takes leadership of the type that you had under Mayor Giuliani thirty years yeah. ago. I mean, he was able to turn it around. That's I don't right. No, I don't know if Mayor Adams has the same ability. He talks a good game, and I think everybody's wishing him well, but I. He seems to be swimming upstream all the time, Bill. Yes, and he's working with a reduced police force. Uh, what Mayor Giuliani had, and you know, he was—he's gotten a little nutsy since then. But he was not—he—he he was tough. He was not as great a lawyer as he made himself out to be. But he understood the problem. He said, "This has to stop," and he brought in the best people from around the country. He brought in the best police chiefs, the best experts on um, on crime and on computers. And he and Mayor Bloomberg, who was also very effective, reduced the murder rate by 80 uh, percent. And it, it was a safe city. You could you could walk through it. Uh, the police force was strong. It, it was a lot of its problems were eliminated. Uh, that is all gone. That that was gone during the DeSantis admitted, not DeSantis, but uh, who was the the man before this one? De Blasio. Yeah, de, de Blasio, yeah. Uh, who has now disappeared. I thought maybe he went back to uh, uh, to the Castro regime. He may be back in Cuba. You know, you I just, know. I just yeah, yeah, he may uh, be back in Cuba because that's about the only place we'll give him yeah. free rent. That's right. Well, uh, the, and it's not just New York. Other cities are really dying out there. And I mean, a city like Chicago has this irresponsible mayor. Uh, his his answer to car thefts was to sue the car manufacturers because the cars were too easy to steal. Right. I mean, that was that was, that's his argument. I can I can see that going to court. Right. And, well, his other argument now that so many stores have left the city, he wants to. I guess he wants to create a, a community grocery store. Yes. Well, the, well that people can shop and uh, that pure, you talk about being a mess. That's a big potential mess right there. Pure socialism. Pure socialism. They, they, you know, they, I mean, that is always the socialist dream to control the food supply. And that, that, yes, a that, cooperative bill. They'll call yeah, it a cooperative. Right. A co op. The, the, the co op for Windy City. That's what the, they'll call it. Yes. The, the, the Windy the, City co op. But what it is that? And then my favorite line of the week, Bill, came from the mayor of LA, who, who was saying that she was afraid that more migrants were going to come. Yeah, and she was uh, calling our governor Abbott some names, but then she comes up with what has to be the greatest line that I, that I heard this week. She's saying that all of this is a strategy on the part of the right to say that uh, that the Democrats don't know how to run cities and that there's too much crime and too much chaos. Yes, and I'm sitting there saying, you know, you didn't need migrants to prove that. 
Yes, that's right. <laughs> that's right. That was going on before. Well, she's, she's an old, first of all, she's an old Castroite. Uh, and a typical Democratic mayor. Uh, and by the way, they're, they're, it's, it's very interesting and very tragic. There was a police officer murdered in uh, Los Angeles over the weekend. And they held a press conference today to announce that they had uh, 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 arrested the alleged killer. And it was the point was made by one of the guests over in, uh, at Fox News that the district attorney didn't even show up. They, they have one of these Soros uh, chosen district attorneys. He didn't show up. His assistant didn't show up. The mayor didn't show up at the press conference. You know, when a police officer is killed, that is in most cities considered a major tragedy. Right. They didn't even bother to come. Right. I mean, they make it very plain that they don't really care. Uh, the, the, the issue on the program that I was watching was, will this culprit be prosecuted? Mm -hmm. We can't be sure of that. Right. Well, I, you know, we see here, for example, in Texas, if you have a police officer killed in Houston, there was one recently, uh, the governor gets involved and he oh, yes. makes an announcement. You know, the lieutenant governor makes an announcement. The speaker. I mean, people who are not in the jurisdiction. I mean, they're in Texas, but not in the in the place where the person was killed, get involved and say Senator Cruz gave us a statement. Senator Cornyn gave a statement. It seems like when you're talking about police officers, you don't hold back. If one of them is killed, you express your support for the families and so on. But in this case, I mean, these people had problems before the migrants. I mean, the migrants are simply compounding the problem that uh, that we have. But I, two topics I want to get into, Bill, as well, before we run out of time. One is the $6 billion to Iran. But before we do that, speaking of the migrants, you know, the White House keeps saying that the border is okay. The border is closed. That, you know, there's no it's big, secure, I mean, yes. And, and, then, and, and then you keep watching these videos that they show of people just literally walking in. Uh, and, and you're saying to yourself, this is like the twilight zone. I mean, this just doesn't add up. They're telling me on one hand that the, the border is secure, and then on the other hand, people are just walking in by the thousands. I mean, it's pretty pretty crazy, Bill. Well, it's, it's complete madness, and it is not stopping. It's actually getting worse. Uh, the border, border has actually collapsed. Uh, the Democratic Party doesn't care. They consider these people to be future dem Democratic voters. Uh, they they do not understand that if these people come and take jobs away from Americans, uh, it's going to be a very, very bad scene. I mean, a, a scene that can involve violence. And also, the, the migrants that come are here. They are not here legally. Uh, some, I'm sure, are Look, some are probably people who would, are glad to escape their native country, but others have trashed hotels, have uh, done terrible things. And, of course, nobody wants to say anything on the part of the Democratic Party or the news media. I mean, the news media is uh, left wing and they probably think, well, it's just another immigrant wave. You, when you get news reporters who will not identify these people as illegal, that's not news reporting anymore. Then you're getting into real propaganda, and that's what's happening. Right. At the very least, they should say, because many times, many people in the news media don't like the word illegal. They can say undocumented. I know. They can say undocumented. At the very least, they can say something even more correct, that these people are here with a special uh, timetable or something where they're given a ticket that says, we'll see you in court 
at, at a particular time. Yes. So they're waiting for a court date. So we don't know if they're going to even show up. That's right. Or if they're going to pass the test in the court. Many of them don't pass the test in the court. And then they have, I guess, 90 days to go back home or something. Yes, and then they disappear. Then they disappear. And all of a sudden, you know, uh, there's more traffic in L.A. And, and you wonder why, well, why there right. are more that's people true. there. But it is it is a disaster. But yet they continue to make the case that the border is secure. But once again, your eyes are telling you something else. It's just like the economy. Oh, the economy is great. But then you fill up the tank or you go shopping for food and it doesn't square, Bill. That's right. That's exactly right. Well, you know, I've, I've always said the first rule of journalism is that you can't tell people they don't see what they actually see. The Democrats have tried this before. During the crime wave of the 1970s, they said there was no crime wave. Well, eventually they had to admit that there was. And during the Clinton administration, you remember the, um, um, I don't, yeah, I don't the, know what what the I, act was called. Midnight basketball, or or they had the, midnight the, basketball. They yeah, whatever. A, uh, they put a hundred thousand uh, uh, police officers on the street, according to the uh, Clinton administration, and uh, they began to realize you can't tell people that they don't see what is going on right outside right. Of their doors. I'm I don't, not sure, Bill. Sorry to interrupt you, no, but I am not sure that giving New York City uh, X number of dollars right now would get people to serve in the force. Because I think that what's happened in many of these cities is that the police just don't want to be there. The, the police is saying, I'm out of here. As soon as I can, I'm out of here. So just paying the money. This has always been the Democrat solution. Well, we just need to spend more money on the police. No, you need to let the police do their job, protect them, support them, and yeah, pay him a good salary, but they're not doing that just for money, Bill. When you're a police officer, you're not doing that just for money. You could probably be making more money doing something else, Bill. Absolutely. Uh, you know, unless a police officer has pride in what he is doing and believes he can do the job, there's no point to having a police force because I have no doubt that in many cases, in many encounters in New York every day, the police simply withdraw. And, and 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 move away because they don't you know th this is a now a situation in this country where a police officer gets in trouble for doing the right thing and the people who get him into trouble are the people are the george soros uh, district attorneys and they are anti-police to begin with right no you're right and many of them are simply if they're going to be police officers they'll look for a different jurisdiction that's uh, right to, to be a police officer and it's well, a shame because it, i Oh, Bill, the police in New York was actually pretty good. NYPD is a good good force. Yeah. There are now signs up, billboards up in New York that are put up by Governor DeSantis of Florida inviting New York police officers to come and live in Florida. And I'll bet some and I'll bet some do. Right. I bet that's going over real well with uh with Mayor Ma Adams. Oh yes, know? yes, he loves it. Yeah. He just loves yeah. it. Yeah, Mayor DeSantis and and Governor DeSantis and Governor Abbott have got to be the two most despised. Republicans uh, among the, the New York City Council. But one one last point, Bill, Bill one, more, one more topic I want to bring up is the $6 billion that are going to Iran. Look, I think we all want hostages home, but you got to be very careful with a country like Iran and what, what they're going to do the $6 billion for. I hear from the administration that this money is going to go to the people. Well, Am I the yeah. only one who's a little skeptical about yes, that? Yes. Yeah. How, how do you trace that? How do you trace that? Money is fungible. 
if they, they say, well, it has to go to humanitarian purposes. Well, how would we know exactly where it's going? Um, well, with the, way, with the way we do humanitarian services, we have programs in the communities, and we're not going to, how much of an army do we have to send over there to check that? You know, an army of CPAs, I can just see them coming from the United States. It's, we're paying a ransom. It's as simple as that. And that will get, encourage other people to do the same thing. It also makes us look weak in, in the world. Uh, now, that's the first agreement with Iran. We are apparently negotiating some kind of nuclear deal with Iran, uh, even though we know they cheat. Uh, over the last week, and you may have noticed that the Iranians barred a good number of the most important UN inspectors from Iran. And uh, the UN, uh, to its great credit, uh, really snapped back at them verbally, at least. I don't see anything coming out of Washington. Uh, they, they don't seem they don't seem much interested in anything in Washington. They really don't. I remember the last time that another country kicked out UN inspectors. Remember that one? Uh, Iraq kicking out the UN yes. inspectors. Uh, uh, you know that didn't work out very well either. But I'm I'm just to me. Look, I, I'm sure that if I had a family member who was a hostage in Iran, that I would be happy that the sure. family members out. Understandable. And, and that part is is correct. But but when you're when you're Dealing with operators like these, whatever they're called, mullahs, whatever they're called, I would be very skeptical <laughs> of anything they say. I mean, I would almost, I would rather take the cash directly to the family or give them a, a debit card and say, look, you can use this debit card and when you go shopping or something. Yes. Uh, something like that. So that we can at least control, uh, you know, where the cash is at. But this $6 billion is apparently mo money that had been frozen in the past, right? Yes. That's what I understand, yeah. So I just well, don't trust them, Bill. I don't trust them, and I don't think we should have taken their word for it. We should have, in effect, commanded them to build, like, you know, five hospitals and say, when you know, when you build those, you'll, you know, you'll, uh, you'll get your money. And uh, at least it would have gone to a good cause. But... There is an element in the U.S. government, in the State Department, and I think elsewhere, from the Obama administration, that really is holding out the hope that Iran will become an ally of the United States. The only way that will happen is, go is government a replacement, uh, a regime change, and that isn't going to happen. Right. No, you're right. It's sort of the same element of people in the State Department who thought that if you just, if you were nicer to Castro, that somehow he would reform. Yes, that's uh, over the years. And that how did that work out? You know, well, you know, we have to be nicer to them. You know, uh, it didn't work out. He continued to be the same dictator that he always was. Bill, have a great week. Thank you so much for being a part of it uh, with us today. And it's always a great honor to have you and hear your point of view. The one thing I will tell you is from the outside that I would be very angry if I was a New York sports fan. Yes. The Yankees are out, the Mets are out, the Giants are playing bad, and the Jets uh, are playing bad. So I would hate to be a sports fan. I mean, as passionate as people are in New York about sports, it's got to be a rough time right now, Bill. To be it, a is. Fan. it is, and there's no spirit. I mean, there really is no spirit. I, I remember as a young person the days of the New York, uh, of, the, of the Brooklyn Dodgers uh, and uh, some of the other teams. Uh, there, there is no spirit in New York at all. It's, it's very dull, very plodding. Uh, I think the next time they hear Sinatra sing "New York, New York," they're going to shut it off. Right, that's right. 
That's right. No, you're right. You're right. Because that, that there was something about New York that just isn't there anymore. That's right. And that's a shame because it is really the premier city of the country, or it, it was, I guess, uh, for a long time. Bill, have a great day, and thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, Silvio. I look forward to the next one. All right. Thank you so much. Our our good friend, Bill Katz, the editor of Urgent Agenda. We have a link to Bill's uh, uh, Urgent Agenda on the show information. Check it out. I always enjoy every morning. I check out what Bill has to say. He wrote a very interesting article uh, about the border and national security and some of the people who are crossing over, which is should be of concern to to the Biden administration. Have a great day, everybody. This is uh, Silvio Canto in Dallas, and we'll talk to you later. Bye-bye, everybody.